to start. Did we have a conversation picked out already? Dreams. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you gonna you gonna give the rundown again, or you want me to just start dissecting something that nobody has anything about? I guess I can give the, the rundown again. So you know how when you go walking by a mirror, you'll make a face at it just yeah. to make sure that reflection is actually your reflection. I've, I've heard I mean, of this. I'm probably just crazy for that, but I'm pretty sure there's some other people that do that. I mean, I've heard of this before. I've done it. It's not a regular thing for yeah. me, but I definitely have made faces in a mirror before. Well, I had a dream where I went by the mirror and made a face at it, and I wasn't sure if it made the same face. Are you certain it was a dream? Yes. So then I went back and looked at it and couldn't tell. So then I stepped out of the room, and then I ducked down. <laughs> and like crawled back in front of the sink where I wasn't in front of the mirror and that popped up real quick making a face and my reflection wasn't making the same face and then it reached through grabbed me and started pulling through the mirror and that's when I woke up hmm. I mean it's deep yeah. like, it creeped me out a bit. Yeah. so I have this theory that dreams are not actually what they appear even the United States government agrees with me that there's something more going on. So I think it's actually a way of traveling to a different realm, a different dimension, a different... So like the astral, the astral plane kind of thing. So most people assume that their dreams, they're the only one in them, that it completely exists inside of their head, right? So what if it doesn't? What if it is actually a different place and you're just going in some way that you can't quite understand? So have you ever had a dream that seemed like you had nothing to do with it? You were a non-player character? What if you were inside someone else's dream? Like, maybe not even inside somebody else's dream. You're, you're all in the same dream at the same time. And their dream is just so much bigger than yours that you kind of get sucked in. It's like you plug yourself into the matrix, plug and sleep. Sort of, or unplug yourself from the matrix yeah. when you sleep. Um, so yours in particular, I mean, so most of the time I do dream interpretation, I just Google the shit. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, Google pay me money for plugging your name. You might make us pay for something like Maybe. Dream interpretation. Um... So it's not a doppelganger, is it? A doppelganger would be a physical. I don't think so, yeah, it'd be a... Which I used to have dreams about that when I was younger, too. Hmm. It'd be either my doppelganger or my brother's doppelganger. What is the spiritual meaning of a mirror reflecting the truth? What does it mean when you see two of yourself in a dream? means right now you feel like you're another person. Hmm. I mean, that's that's pretty fucking deep. Mirror doppelganger? Yeah, but what if your reflection gradually starts dragging you through the mirror? Well, if, if, it's, if it's that there's two of you kind of thing... The other one's taking over? Maybe. Maybe it's trying to pull you into where it thinks you should be. So a lot of people take that good and evil kind of thing 
like imagine you were to jump for 15 minutes into the fifth dimension you would have no time for bullshit right right like so you're just gonna go as hard as you can for the entire 15 minutes i think that's what the second dimensional things come through as like they have a lot to get done and very little time and energy to do it mm-hmm. so rather than coming and being like all nice and wasting a bunch of time they just come in and rape the shit out of you to get you to do what they want um what is the dream interpretation so what happens when you dream of seeing yourself or doppelganger or evil twin in your dream as as strange as these dreams are they actually contain a very valuable message that points you toward the things in yourself that remain unconscious this is actually mean this is a bad omen why are they so represents a mirror reflection of yourself aspect of how you are that remain un- I take issue with some of the verbiage they're using yeah me too like they always say that the person you're seeing is the evil one yeah well I mean evil is completely it depends on which side of the fence you're standing on like what's chaos for the spider chaos for the fly is, is daily business for the spider So maybe my reflection is me trying to get my shit together, going to the gym and fixing my diet and ripping yourself through the mirror. Yeah. So that's, that's that. kind of how I do things. I decide that that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I do. The fate bending thing, man. Like you have a, currently you have a life and it has a, an end, right? Like you have this, this set out in front of you. That is your fate. Mm-hmm. You would like to change it. it it's possible, but. I don't, for, for most people, they, they fall right through the web that they were built, like born in. Never get any bigger. Do exactly what you're told. Have the life they, they dreamed for you. But that's the cool part about waking up. Like, I think that's the literal definition of waking up, realizing you don't have to do what they told you you had to do. It sounds ridiculous when you put it like that, but all the motivational stuff people told you at six years old, it was all right. And then at some point in in time, they were like, quit being a baby. You're never going to be fucking whatever the fuck you want to be. And then sometimes you do. I mean, were were there feelings involved in the dream? Like, were you afraid? Were you pissed off? Were you bored? Well, when they reached through and grabbed me and started dragging me in the mirror, yeah, I was a little freaked out. That fear of the unknown thing. Yeah. Like if you would have known that you were going to some beautiful ball or something on the other side of the mirror, there would have been no fear. But that's kind of the human condition, that bravery thing. You have to jump sometimes, even when you don't know what the landing pad looks like. Mm-hmm. I've been doing the Mr. Wizard thing for a while. Look me up, Mr. Wizard's Magical Service, Facebook. So anyway... We created this Mr. Wizard thing because, like, it's hard to find uses for your magic. So, like, having real-life problems to see if you can go fix. So, anyway, I put this thing up. If you've got a problem, call me, right? It doesn't really matter what it is. I like I like doing the things. The weirder, the better. So, this chick hits me up, and she said, you got any, uh, you got any experience with demons? <laughs> I mean, a bit. What kind of demon? Well, I think it actually might be a blood god. 
Well, what the fuck does that mean? Well, she's a cutter, right? But like, you've got those cry for attention cutters, and then you've got cutter cutters. So she had 37 staples. She tried to cut her femoral with with a knife in her thigh from knee to fucking crotch. I mean, I could get the pictures. We're not going to whatever. It's, it, it was it was bad, right? I mean, blood everywhere. And apparently her at the time boyfriend was a cutter too. So they both had this cutting thing going on in the house. And like apparently they had done drug their own blood all over the walls, everywhere, so, like doing blood magic. Kind of sort of. Um, but I mean, it was, I don't know if it was intentional blood magic, but it was intentional blood magic. Okay. So I started asking questions at this point, like what kind of meds are you on? Heavy, heavy meds, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what else are you on? Cause if you're, if you're that heavily medicated with tranquilizers, you're not cutting yourself and doing fucking blood magic. You're taking naps, right. a lot of naps. Right. So, well, there might be a little meth involved too. Well, well, how much fucking meth? Um, a lot of meth to counteract the other shit, which this isn't that this is a lot of the stuff I learned over over time. Like I didn't know all of these things at first. So anyway, she said, well, how do we get rid of this blood demon? Obviously, we got to exercise the house, possibly yourself, all sorts of things. So she said, can I can me and my assistant, my, my my partner, whatever the fuck you want to call her? Can we come check it out? She said, Hell yes, please do. So we go cruising over there which was a long, strange night anyway. Um, we get over there and meet her, and she she looks pretty sober, fairly fairly normal, right? So she shows me the bedroom where all the shit goes down. My, my psychic medium that I took with me decided to do the thing. It's super fun. She tried to figure out what was going on in the room, caught a bunch of glimpses of stuff, like with the furniture moved around. It's a 120-year-old house. She could see the room, like the previous entangled like quantumly entangled, you know, those memories we were talking about. Mm -hmm. So like she could see the memories of the room from previous eras, but nothing demonic, nothing dark. So, okay. If it's not the house, it's gotta be the chick, right? So buddy, she, uh, she did mirror magic through this demon. So blood mirror magic. If you, if you draw a sigil in blood, on a mirror, supposedly it becomes a portal to wherever, whatever you're trying to get hold of lives. So she had a mirror. She offered to go ahead and cut herself like a small one to just do a little bit to see if she could get some kind of activity out of it. So I watched her for about a solid 15 minutes with a pair of tweezers trying to cut an old scar to, to like get blood back out. That was the night I realized how extreme my aversion to self-harm is. I do not like self-harm. Your body is made per- perfectly, and, and cutting it is not, you're not doing yourself any good by cutting. I'm sorry if we get a bunch of cutters listening, fucking stop. That's, like, I know, I know mental illness, but I promise it's not helping. Like, if it keeps you from truly offing yourself for a little while, fine, but it's not a long-term solution, you know? Like, letting the pressure out. So anyway, we uh, we didn't do a whole bunch of the exorcism stuff, like, I had planned to go back and do it again, like to go and actually do all the ritual. Did I tell you this lady had over 700 Bibles amassed in the house? No. Trying to, trying to get rid of this demon? No, when you say exorcism, are we talking about like what we see on TV or the Catholic Church where um, Christ compels you in the holy water? And- so I've never gotten that far with an exorcism. I've never needed to. Like the intent to remove a demon is almost always enough to remove a demon. If that, like, so the, well, that intense there? The lower vibrational creatures are 
are not very strong, especially in this realm. They're they're non-substantial. Like short of fear and confusion, they have no real power here. So once something that's not afraid or confused by them comes in, it, the game's up. It's time to go. So this lady has actually been sober just about a year now. Like this was this time last year. And as far as I'm aware, she's still off the meth and weaned off most of the drugs. She stays on a couple of the mood stabilizers, like the lower ones, just because she is crazy as fuck. But from, from the double dose heavy meds to sober in a year, four a year, I'm very happy with it. So I guess the whole point of this story was that like magic is not what you think it is. Like, is there a version of it you see on TV? Sure. Does it work if you believe in it enough? Like, I don't need most of the ritual most of the time. Like, that lady definitely had a demon or 12. Were they external, internal? I don't know. Like, I think those demons were created in childhood and nurtured throughout life. So, are we talking metaphysical versus mental versus whatever? What's the fucking difference? She was cutting herself because of this thing. She doesn't do that now. Demon is gone. Mr. Wizard successful. Exorcism one. He's gone too. I didn't actually realize he was at the house that night. Oh yeah. So I was trying to quit smoking then too, funny enough. Um, anyway, so I was talking to this lady, me and my partner, who once again, when she comes on the show, we will mention her name until then. Um, so as my partner was doing her medium things, I asked the other lady, she said she was going to go smoke a cigarette, let us do our thing. I said, well, I'm going to go smoke a cigarette with you and let her do her thing. I thought it was just me and the two ladies in the house. So as I followed her to get a cigarette, I heard her say, hey, do you mind if he has a cigarette? I said, well, what in the fuck? He didn't even bring his own goddamn smokes. I'm probably 15 feet behind him in the other room. And I'm assuming he didn't know I had followed her. Mm -hmm. So when I said, no, nah, man, you're good. Like, I didn't really need one. Uh, oh, no, you, 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 you can have one. No, promise you're good. <laughs> he, he, I broke him. Like, yeah. uh, so I want to say abusive meth head, but like most abusive dudes are only abusive to like people that they can easily abuse. So when Mr. Wizard walks in at six and a half feet tall, fucking scary as shit, brave people become small people very fast. The stuttering from like yelling at a woman to stuttering to a dude in, in literally one four word sentence from the dude. We got rid of a lot of demons that night. He was one of them. I was at Circle K minding my own business. Putting gas in my truck. My last $10, by the way. So I put my last 10 bucks in. I'm, I'm taking the pump out. And this like teenager, this female teenager walks over and says, hey, man, can you give me a ride? Once again, I'm a, I'm a scary person. Like, I don't know why a teenage girl in a busy place would ask me, of all people, for a ride. But, me being the nice guy I am, where, where are you trying to go? Well, Mitchell, so for those of you not from this small, shitty town, 12 minutes away, like the other side, 15 minutes on the long end. But once again, I had just put my last fucking $10 in my gas tank. So, fuck it. Yeah, let's go. We get about halfway there before I remember... There is somebody there waiting, right? Like, okay, so she's from Florida. 
homeless, backpacking across the country, alone, at 19. Fairly attractive, but you can tell she's lived a hard life, like face scars and shit. But anyway, so so I'm obviously the nice guy going to do the, do the right thing, right? Well, we get down to where she's supposed to be going. There's nobody there. She can't get in. She can't get her shit. She has nowhere to go. Now what the fuck do we do? So I've got to go to AJ's house, right? Because I've already like have this plan to go do this thing that I, I have to go do. And now I've got this hobo chick with me. So, Age, I got a hobo chick with me. Is that cool? <laughs> what? I'll explain when I get there. So we get there and hang out for like an hour and a half, smoke a joint, fucking chill out. This so okay. So she's backpacking around the country, right? Meets this guy in Bedford at a bar who says, Yeah, come hang out. Apparently, he's got a girlfriend or a wife or some shit. So as this hobo chick is banging this dude for the for the night in the room, his wife comes in and decides to start a fight. This chick, being crazy-ass hobo chick, apparently beat the ever-loving dog shit out of her, right? Mm-hmm. And then gets arrested. So the Circle K here in Bedford is uh, exactly one and a half blocks away from the jail. So she had just gotten out of jail, had nowhere to go, no phone, nothing. Fucked. So anyway, the place we were going that she needed to go in Mitchell was that dude's place where all her shit and her phone was. I didn't find this out until later after she got stoned as shit. Anyway, she had just gotten out of jail. She was stressed the fuck out. We got high and drove around. It was a good fucking time. Until it stopped being a good fucking time. Apparently, the only reason most people pick up hobos is to, like, I, I don't rape and murder them. I, I don't know, because everybody... I was trying to find somewhere for this chick to go, right? She can't live with me. So I know a couple of people that have, like, extra bedrooms and things and say, I'm a good person. Like, if anybody ever needs a bed, let me know. Do they not want a hobo in their house? Get it. Is she completely harmless? Yeah. Was I going to put her in anywhere that she could have hurt anybody? No. So nobody wanted her. Um. So I just kind of kept her until we figured it out. Then, I want to say it was her aunt, but somebody wired her enough money to get an Amtrak ticket straight the fuck back to Florida. I don't know if she ever did that, because I don't know if they got her the ticket or the money, but I dropped her off in a safe location, and hopefully she's back in Florida. But yeah, all the people I kept calling and trying to like, Will you, will you help her? They're like, well, you're just going to have sex with her. That's why you picked her up. If I was going to, why, why would I not be doing that thing right now? Why, why would I be calling you? Did you watch too much of the true crime stories? Everybody watches that shit anymore, man. Like, is it interesting? Maybe for a minute, but how can you fill your brain with that much shit and not expect it to be all fucked up? I meet a lot of fun, interesting, like, fringe, fringe society. So the first time I went to California, right? This would have been six or seven months ago, I guess. March, maybe. March 21? March 21. Anyway, so I meet this chick on the internet. She's super fun. She's like, hey, you should come out to California. We got we got wizard shit to do. <laughs> yes, please. So I buy myself a one-way ticket to California, right? Get a ride to fucking Louisville. No, actually, I drove myself to Louisville because I was only going for a few days. You know, it can't be crazy. I can't move out there. You got to just go check it out first, right? Sure. But one-way ticket. So, fuck it. So, I parked my truck. 
car or whatever the fuck I was driving at the time in Louisville, which is a shitbox. I was actually really happy it made it there. Park it in the long term. Um, get on a plane and fly to Denver, right? Because cheap tickets, you've always got a fucking layover. And if you got to pick a layover, why would you not pick Denver? Especially the fucking pothead. The problem with Denver Airport, if you're not familiar, is it's a, about an hour probably from Denver. So, like, you can get to the outskirts of Denver in 30 minutes, 25 minutes. So, a cab ride from the airport to the nearest dispensary, if you know an Indian guy, is 50 bucks. So, I've got a nine-hour layover in Denver. Get there, leave security, walk around for 45 minutes trying to find an Uber or uh, a cab or something. Can't find a fucking thing. If you're not familiar with the Denver airport, it's amazing. Supposedly, there's a bunch of Illuminati shit buried under it, like like a bunch, like maybe some giant fucking Luciferian temple. I looked around it, but I couldn't find it. That place is massive. So anyway, anyway, I go down, find this, this cab driver, I'm like, hey, man, nearest dispensary. He Googles it real quick. He's like, yeah, man, 50 bucks. Fuck, except for the round trip? No. Hmm. Well, fuck. You want to come back? Fuck you. Not for 50 bucks. I'll go once because I'm, I'm sober. Like, I need the weed. But I'm not paying you to drive me back. I've got, at that point, I'll have eight hours left before my next flight. I will find something. Take a bus, walk. Who gives a shit? It's really not that far. Like, seven miles, maybe? That's not bad. Not for seven or eight hours. Yeah. So, anyway, beautiful fucking Denver day. I get over the dispensary. Don't remember which one, or I would plug them and see if they'd send me free weed. And, like, I'm going to buy two pre-rolls, right? And I'm going to smoke them on my way back to the airport. So I buy them, walk out to the bus stop, sit down, light a joint, and smoke it. In Denver, if you're not familiar, they honestly, they would rather you smoked a joint in public than a cigarette. Maybe that sounds super normal because you're from like a legal state here in Indiana. That shit is wild. Or I mean, Indiana the moon. Yeah. Um, so I get out to the bus stop. Figure I'll smoke a joint and wait for the bus to come, right? Eventually, a bus going that way toward the airport is going to get me closer to the fucking airport. I got two minutes left. I should probably make this story fast. Um, So, I smoke the joint, lose two hours probably sitting on this bench, just enjoying the fuck out of my day. Um, Finally, so I get up, I need a cigarette, walk away from the bus stop, and I'm standing there, like, just smoking a cigarette, right? And I hear, hey, man, do you have an ID? Fucking cops. Turn around, it's this dude in, like, sweatpants, sweatshirt. Like, not a cop, right? Yeah, what's up? I don't have an ID, but I need some weed. Ding. You got a car? Yeah. Take me to the airport? Yeah. (laughs) What do you need, my dude? So he's like, hey, man, I, I just I need an eighth and maybe some wax. And like I just walked out of the dispensary. Right. So he hands me forty dollars. Forty dollars is close enough to get an eighth. I was just going to cover it. But I'm like, you got you got a little less than an eighth in this 40 bucks, depending. Like if you want the super cheap shit, I'm sure we can figure it out. But like if you want you're you're in Denver, you're not from Denver. Like obviously you're here for good fucking weed. So he's like, yeah, man, but I really wanted some fucking wax or something. You know what? Fuck it. You take me to the airport. I'll get you a gram. They're 20, 30 bucks. I don't remember what I paid, but I got him a gram of bubble hash, which is pretty fucking good. So you go into the dispensary. 
Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I was just in there, right? Like, not a big deal. So I'm like, hey, man, the two pre-rolls wasn't enough. I said, all right, all right, cool, what you need? So got an eighth, got a, got a gram of bubble. Um, walk out with my bag and dude disappears, right? So I'm like, well, fuck, because now I've got a, an eighth and a gram and I'm getting ready to get back on a plane. I'm not like, why the fuck would I fly to California with weed? So anyway, as I'm standing there debating on whether or not I'm just going to go buy a pack of papers and roll all this fucking weed and smoke it and then figure out what my next plan is. Um, he comes walking out of the hotel across the street. And he's like, hey, man, did you get the shit? I'm like, hey, man, did you get the car? So he's like, yeah, like, yeah. So we walk over and he starts telling me this story. Like he's from South Dakota, I think, Grand, Grand Rapids. That's yeah, not Grand. Uh, I don't know. Fuck. Some, the Dakotas, dude, somewhere. So apparently he's got a bunch of warrants for his arrest, which meth. I mean, of course. Fucking, they're, they're drawing to me like flies, dude. Um, so anyway, this dude, we're, well, we start smoking that eighth. We get high as shit, and we're just doing that talking thing, because obviously I like to fuck talk too much, right? So he uh, met these two chicks in his hometown. Like, he didn't know them. They, he was out of jail with warrants. When he got caught, he was going back. So these two chicks are like, hey, we're getting ready to drive to Denver. Why in the fuck are you going to Denver? Because it sounds fun. Who's going with you? No one. You're probably going to get raped and murdered. Do you want me to go with you? Well, yeah, as long as you promise not to rape and murder us. <laughs> okay. What so, <laughs> I mean, he said meth, and I, I kind of believed him. He seemed like a super genuine dude, but he did also say he's got like a hell of a, like a mean side, that temper. But that's that's a lot of meth. Like when you when you break on meth, you fucking break. You either cry really hard, you you fight really hard, you meth just makes you do whatever you're gonna do at 13. Like it's not a good time. So anyway, this dude uh he met these chicks, decided it'd be a good idea to get the hell out of town, and Denver sounded fun, right? Like a man after my own heart, minus all the warrants and shit. So it's her car they're in. He uh He's like, well, I got to go ask her and make sure she doesn't care. Like, she might want to go with us, right? I'm like, all right, whatever. So he invites me up to their hotel room. And I get up there, and it looks like three hobos have been living in a hotel room for a couple of weeks. Whatever. Not judging. I've been a hobo a time or two myself. So they they seemed super happy until I walked into the room. Because, you know, that, once again, six and a half feet tall fucking scary thing. What better are you than me? Well, yeah, I mean, then I'm also usually super, like, people are instantly... I don't, I don't want to say afraid of me, but like there's a there's a very healthy respect thing almost every single time. Like, not a lot of people are afraid of fat folks, so I get treated like a yeah. I get yeah. treated like a poisonous snake most of the time. Like people are are very careful about what they do and say around me. So I think they were very concerned at first, and then I just rolled a joint. And we all got really fucking high. And then it became super fun and to the point where they're like, why don't you guys just take our car? Because we, we don't want to go do that. Like, I'm all right, cool. Let's let's do it. So, yeah, we I rolled another joint. We got in the car and it's like I said about a well, the cab ride was a half an hour. So direct route was half hour from the airport to the dispensary. It took us about an hour and a half to get back to the airport because we were really fucking high and lost. 
But yeah, I learned that dude's whole fucking life story. He uh, he got addicted to meth young, had a really shitty childhood, like, which... Everybody wants to hate on drug addicts so much. Like, when meth is the better answer, like, meth is the thing keeping you from killing yourself, that's some deep-seated shit, man. Like, early fucking childhood trauma. And you can't blame young children for the shit that their parents did. You, you can blame them for their own actions as adults. But once again, like, maybe they made the better choice. Like, maybe who they are now is, is better than it could have been. meth saved your life, you know? I know a bunch of people yeah. that, would, that would argue that meth saved their life. Like, when you have no happy, when you can find no hope, drugs are hope. Even if it's synthetic, I mean, it's a pocket full of sunshine, dude. Like, and and some people really are. And I get it. The world is fucking trash, man. This isn't like step off your privilege. Just because right. you're doing all right doesn't mean everybody else is. Con- congratulations. If you're not on some form of drug, you are the vast minority. But, uh, I mean, addiction and edging and all that shit. It doesn't matter if you're talking drugs, sex, alcohol. So most people don't realize how privileged they are. Everyone thinks because they had that 1% shitty life, like that, you know, theirs was terrible. They were, they were molested as a child a few times, or their father was an absent alcoholic, or they're, they died, or whatever. I mean, everybody's got fucking scars, dude. And the cool part is some of us take scars better. Like, some of us can have fucking limbs removed and they regrow, and some people get blown on too hard and they fall over and die. So just because you're privileged enough to be doing well right now doesn't mean everybody is. See, I, I'm very firm believer at this point that I'm a completely different species than what what most things that look like me are. Because they were broken very young. That's why they resist change so heavily. They're very afraid of it. So California, um, shitty little bar just outside Sun City. Me and a friend of mine, my same friend, were neither one of us really drinks. I think I had a beer. We were both high as shit because it's California. So we were playing pool, right? And I decided to go out for a cigarette. And chick came with me. As we're out there just minding our own business, smoking a cigarette, some random dude comes walking up and says, Hey, man, you know anything about demons? <laughs> you just put off that kind of energy or what? Yeah. I don't know. So I, this is one of the reasons I think meth is a spirit molecule. Like, is it a good one? Mm-mm. But is it, is it, I mean, once again, good, bad, evil, like it's, it's all relative, man. So like the fact that they can feel me in that way, like with zero, like I wasn't in my robe. I wasn't in, I was just standing there like as your, your average fucking dude, California playing pool in a bar, smoking a cigarette. There were 15 people around me. And he walks up to me and, and yeah, I don't know if we had been talking because, you know, it's me and my, my witch friend. Like we obviously say some weird things and I'm loud as fuck. I don't pay attention. So I don't know. Maybe he did pick something up. Maybe he, whatever. But yeah, basically. So he said, do you know anything about demons? <laughs> I laughed really hard, looked at my friend. She looked back and said, I'm shrugging for those of you that can't see. Um, so yeah, it was like, well, is it meth? Is the demon meth? If the demon's meth, you have to fucking tell me. He looked at me for a minute and he, well, it's a little meth, but that's not all of it. That's not all of it. Fair. But now at least I know. I know which kind of demon we're talking about. So I'm, I'm really starting to wonder if maybe there isn't some metaphysical shit 
Well, I mean, the effect the drugs have so affects your mind. Oh yeah, completely. So, but is it does the molecule open a part of the brain? Like, is it a capacity thing? I'm starting to think there's a capacity thing. You haven't seen my drawing of what makes me so much different than your average person. Okay, so for your average person, there is this magical source of magic floating out in the universe somewhere. And there are taps to it, right? Like, imagine you've got this vast reservoir, and then, like, religion is a really common one for your average person. To, to access that magic, they have to go through a religious figure, right? They can't comprehend that they themselves are connected to the magic. They need that third party. Jesus is magical, and he loves me, but I have no magic. So that's what I'm saying by a tap. So now, Jesus, tap that, right? sort of, or science, or what, whatever system of belief it is that makes you confident in yourself. So the difference in, in everyone else and me is that I don't need a tap because I live in the source. I am, I am a piece of that magic. And I don't know if like, I don't know if the average human brain is big enough to understand that. And I, that's what I'm saying by like, even if I gave your average person a roadmap to why I am what I am, they, they, they don't have the capacity. Their, their cores are not big enough. They're not. So everybody is capable of magic. Like everyone on the planet all the time animals i think even some of them can do it but it's one of those extreme like it has to be fight or flight life or death you only get to do it once or twice in your life i do that shit for fun literally like i get bored and i just go do things that would break average people that's that's what i'm like if if i had a superpower i would say it is breaking shit that is not rock solid if it's fake at all it's gonna break and then everybody challenges me on that one i hope i hope i get I hope this podcast gets a whole bunch of those people like, you're probably a bitch. You can't break me. Come on my show. Please call me. Anchor does that. Go in your booth. Push record. Call my fucking anchor thingy. If, if you're listening to this on anything other than Spotify and you want to start a podcast, Anchor is fucking tight, dude. Everything I was trying to figure out, it's on here. I think. We still haven't actually published one of these things yet, but... Spirit molecules are a fun conversation. I don't know if most of the world's ready for that conversation that LSD is good for you. In moderation. Sure. It, um, yeah. So, LSD is one of those things that I think you only get to ride it for so long before you just go permanently fucking weird. And I don't mean like good weird, like Mr. Wizard weird. I mean like you're screaming at squirrels and shit weird. Because it's got a cumulative effect. So psychedelics and drugs in general, like they call it a tolerance. You get used to the weird. Like it doesn't, it's not that you're not going as fast as you did the first time you smoked meth. It's just that you're much more capable of being fast. The, the young ones, the ones that just start doing it, those are the ones that usually pick the walls and shit because they've got all that excess energy and no idea how to enjoy themselves. The people that have been doing it for 15 years, they just call their girlfriend and fuck for 12 hours. Like, I mean, entertain yourself. And that's the serotonin, the dopamine, like you're talking edging addiction at its fucking worst. Isn't it funny to think that that kind of shit starts from like sugary cereal as a three-year-old? So you know that no means no? Mm -hmm. America has forgotten that as a collective. No means try harder. No means ask more. No means keep bothering. Like a girl's not interested in you. Well, do all of the, the romantic things until she is.
Oh, yeah, maybe not. I'm talking more like, you know, that friend zoned guy yeah. that he's just going to try harder and harder and harder. And then he's mad. Well, I'm perfect. And she's friend zoned me. Well, she probably, I hope she made it clear. But dude, I mean, you can tell, right? A chick's not interested in you. Females, if you're listening to this, stop playing fucking games, dude. Like you're not interested in a dude. Tell him. Just don't let him waste his time. Does it feel good? For people to like you and follow you around and shit, maybe until until you crush them and they go crazy and stab you to fucking death, and then everybody's gonna be mad because you went psycho. That there's there's so much fuck on both sides. I've probably got advice for everyone, everyone on the fucking planet. Tell me your story and I will give you 15 minutes, Spider-Man style. Everybody gets one. If you're really fucked up, we'll let the tarot do it. I don't even have to be any good at this because the tarot gives me all the answers. You ever had your tarot read? Yeah, you did it. Did I? Was it good? It's, yeah, did we do it like yesterday? No, it was... I honestly like I don't know if if I'm any good at magic or not. Compared to this? I mean, either way. Yeah. That, once again, does it matter? Coincidences. So like I used to think I was a big fish in a small pond, right? Like up until a year ago or so, I was convinced that the only reason I am what I am is because I'm in this certain place on the moon, the shitty, shitty little meth-filled corner of the moon. But no, dude, I went like a bunch of other places and, and they're all, no, they're all full of small things too. There's a lot of, a lot of fucking small things in those big places, but not very many big ones. Like most of the big things out there are inherited. Step off your privilege. Would say I've, I've had enough long nights at this point that I could empathize with just about anyone. Like, Short of the very, very worst 1%, those those people that were, you know, grown up in dog cages and shit. I think I could still empathize with that. Dog cages are not fun. Not They're not designed for long-term human use. Especially when you're six and a half foot fucking tall Yeti. Don't put the Yeti in the cage. <laughs> Fuck Thanksgiving. Like, I've got a whole bunch of shit to do right now, and it's just not it's not working with my time. Especially since I have to work anyway. They better give me a big ass check. Big ass so check. Pay, like I don't fucking know. I hope so. They wonder why all the employees are quitting. Oh um, yeah, but no, I'm saying like why nobody wants to work anymore. Oh. You, uh, so are you familiar with the redneck? The uh, like where that term comes from? Allegedly, I don't know that anybody could prove 150 year old terms came from any one place. Like I guess if you had a newspaper article or something. But anyway, okay, so that so redneck term. Uh, uh, the exact opposite, funny enough, coal miners. They used to wear a red bandana, like, or they, they wore a bandana over their face to prevent, to prevent the black lung, you know, is your bandana in 95? Yeah. So coal miners, you've heard of the coal miner's daughter sold, you owe your soul to the company store. Mm -hmm. So for those of you not familiar, coal miners, let's say hypothetical, I have no fucking clue. They got paid $3 a day. Well, their living expenses were $5 a day owed to the company store. So you made negative two bucks a day. Five years in, when you were really, really ready to leave, you owed them hundreds of dollars and had no way of repaying them. They owned you completely. And that's how these people died. So we're not talking coal mines today, which are still sketchy. We're talking coal mines circa 1850, 1860. I don't remember what year this riot was. But these guys were dying by the hundreds daily. I mean, stale air, collapses, explosions, fucking... Yes. 
yeah, anything you can think of in stale air. Yeah. So like, imagine being underground in a coal mine where you're literally hitting the ceiling above you with a pickaxe to get the vein of coal in there, and then it falls because, you know, that's anyway. So a couple thousand of these guys, maybe tens of thousands of these guys, got together and walked like marched on Washington, D.C., and they all wore a red bandana around their neck to show that they were part of the coal miners riot or strike or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Ended up being hundreds of them killed by the federal government before that actually was busted. But I want to say the first American labor union came from that strike. So like it, they changed it. Did a bunch of them die? Yeah, probably pretty horribly because I mean, they didn't, obviously the system didn't want to bend they tried to break it. The system offered them fucking a pittance of, okay, I guess we'll let go of your debts and pay you a fair wage. Crazy, right? Crazy that we'd be back there. Isn't it funny, though, that as they got smarter every time we revolted, we got dumber? They got better at keeping us in our chains, and now we enjoy them because they put a little bit of padding they gave you your TV and your donuts, and, and now you shut the fuck up. I really hope a lot of people listen to this and get pissed off. I don't care if they're mad at me. I don't care if they're mad at the government. I don't care if they're mad at Jesus. Actually, be nice to Jesus. That dude, would, like, he didn't do a fucking thing. <laughs> dude, I mean, okay, so I'm pretty sure Jesus was a real guy, right? Maybe a collection of real dudes. Like, but... They hippies, man, like spread the love, which doesn't work. If I'm anybody, I'm the Antichrist because he's basically Jesus 2.0, right? He comes, he comes about, what does he do? Brings about peace, right? The end of times. Why is that a bad thing? Well, because it ushers in the end of the world. And are you enjoying this that fucking much? Well, what about the children? Imagine the world that our children are going to live in if this shit continues for another 20 years. You think it's getting better anytime soon? <laughs> uh, we, I mean, most of the people I know, most people my age are saying, man, I'm just trying to get by, just trying to get my kids grown up. For what? So, so they can inherit your debt? That, that shit? Good job. Maybe they'll be able to retire when they're 112 but they've got to put that 112 years of service in first, starting at age five. So me and the deacon, I'm just going to, the dude you met yesterday, that's the deacon. We'll go with that. Um, the deacon and I had this plan to save the next generation, right? So I want to save the 1%, the special 1%. I know children who survive extreme trauma have a capacity that is higher than most, right? So generally, the more extreme your trauma at the younger age the larger your potential. The people who are 35 before they ever face any problems, like those people that literally live with their mom until they're in their 30s and then their mother passes away. That's why they die soon after because they literally have no idea how to survive as a, as a solo entity. The three-year-olds who got ripped out of their parents' care and put in a foster home where they had to survive on their own. Like imagine being in a, in a foster home with 12 other children each of them who had to learn very Spartan style to survive. You've got extra food. They want it. You're small. Sorry about you. You don't eat tonight. How many nights before you stab somebody to get your bowl? 
the capacity there is is great. So uh, I don't know how many of the Deacon stories I should tell without him being here. Let's just say he grew up hard in a in a kid prison. I don't know what else to call it. Imagine being a preteen to a young teenager in a prison for children run by abusive adults. Imagine prison guard washouts. They couldn't handle adult men, so they sent them to deal with children. I want some way to get to start saving them, to keep them from going into the life of a career criminal, and to pull them back over to the light. There's peanut butter and jelly cooking method. Do you know why most children get lost in school? It's a failure of one teacher at one point in their life. I get it because the public education system is so fucked. One teacher cannot give 28 children a proper education, I promise. Not, not the amount of information they want them to know in the short amount of time. But we don't teach children to learn. We teach children to memorize. Because that's what they need them to do for the machine. You memorize the code and you, you type it. You, you memorize the process and you, you push it. Like, whatever the... Yeah, you're driving the tractor. You're really good at driving the tractor. Congratulations, you're not part of the machine because you're outside. Your walls just follow you around, dude. So the, the no child left behind problem is when they get left behind, they don't realize they've been left behind or they're too embarrassed to admit it. Imagine asking your teacher. You might not even have to imagine. It's like, so 12 times in a row, I'm sorry, what? I don't understand. Finally, the teacher gets... <sighs> And you, you don't want to ask anymore. And let's say you get lost somewhere in pre-algebra. How well do you think you're going to do in geometry too? Calculus, physics, anything that requires an advanced knowledge of math. And if the teacher had an extra 20 minutes to spend per kid per week, like we'll, we'll keep them on the track. Camelot thing. Um, it takes a village to raise a child. You know why they say that? Because children don't just need three three core subjects. They don't need science, math, and reading. They need um, agriculture. They, they need gardening. They need someone to take them out and show them the things. All of the things. How to shoot an animal. How to... Like, I'm not even saying for, for hunting purposes. Like, let's say one is charging you. Like, I think all children should be taught from a young age to defend themselves from any kind of threat. But no, we don't, we don't like violence. Well, the problem is it doesn't fucking matter what you like. I don't, I don't know if I even want to go into the police subject yet. Put that, put that for the next That'll fucking be, Tuesday. Yeah. Um, the police state, do I hate all police? No. But is there a real fucking problem? Imagine every other industry. You think McDonald's and fucking Walmart are the only places that have shitty employees right now? Or you think the United States Army, the fucking... The Bedford Police Department, the Supreme fucking Court, you think they're all thoroughly underqualified for what they're doing? Yeah, but who else is going to do it? Nobody's qualified for shit anymore. The machine has imploded, and it just hasn't realized it's dying yet. Or it has, and it's. I think it's in its death throes. I'm just trying to survive. So anyway, Camelot. Camelot is my village to raise my children. Are we going to go totalitarian dictatorship with it? Depends. I hope not. Rule one always stands. Do not hurt children. If you break that one, it's gonna it's gonna be ugly. Other than that, I really don't give a fuck what you do. Don't make it my problem, it won't be my problem. You wanna like get naked and dance in your house? 
I don't, I don't, I don't give two shits. You want to get naked and dance in my house? At least ask for permission first. It's, it's really like if there's a rule too, it's don't be a fuck. And I think that pretty much covers the rules. Like if I walk by, I'm like, hey, don't be a fuck. Like, oh shit, I'm being a fuck right now. You're being a fuck. Noted. Sorry. Thanks. I, I guess I'll go. Can I be a fuck in my house? You can be a fuck in your house. Absolutely. That's being less of a fuck. As long as nobody else is offended by your fuckery. But then see, we get into that offended word and like, what do we constitute as being a fuck? So that's, that's one of my favorite ones. Everybody knows the rules. Everybody does. And are there slight, like, should you spit in your hand before you shake somebody else's? I don't know. There's cultural differences, right? But I mean, all things considered, like the things you shouldn't do, I think those are universal. Fairly, at least. I don't know. I'm willing to have that conversation. Like, will there have to be laws drawn? Sort of. But as far as we're falling into chaos right now, like we fell that far into into law before everything was regulated, everything was mandated. And now that shit's breaking. So is there a happy medium? Yeah. And I think that that golden rule thing, do unto others, is the golden fucking rule. But then once again, you throw in the weirdo addict edgers that like to be choked. Like, I don't really want to be choked, so I try not to choke people, but then they ask me to, and I'm just like, what is, okay. I, I guess <laughs> the safe word is aardvark. <sighs> Do you know why the safe word is aardvark? Because if you forget, you only got to go to the first page of the dictionary. So if you're doing freaky shit, have a dictionary at hand to, uh, to remember... Well, if you're doing freaky shit with Mr. Wizard, at least. Just don't look up safe word first. <laughs> that would be funny. See Aardvark. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it should be. We should write our own dictionary. We're going to steal the King James, the Oxford, the whichever fucking one. Webster. There you go. What's the difference? I don't know. I mean, Maybe. books full of information that everybody fucks up and ignores anyway. Well, the Oxford is the best, like, European. I mean, it's English, English, English proper, proper English. I love how they call it old English. Like, no, they still speak it over there. It's English. Yeah. Ours is American English. And well, America is the better country. Yeah, but we stole it. It's literally in the fucking name. The cool part about being from the Indiana part of the moon is that not only do we do the American thing of stealing everything, but we're right in the fucking middle. Like we have the ultimate. That's all we do. We have nothing of our own, so we steal everyone else's. Why we don't have a very good accent, unless it's someone else's. Well, my parents are from Boston, so I talk funny. Mm, you still don't really have that much of an accent compared to, like, you know, Jackie O or one of them. I'm not even going to try, because my Boston accent is terrible. But, I mean, everybody knows Jackie O, right? Jackie Onassis, Kennedy's wife, um, JFK's wife. Sorry, there's a couple of them.